don't forget, you're going to die. Welcome to the We Croak podcast. I am your host, Hansa Bergwall. And I've got a great conversation for you today. We have as our guest Long Lit Woon, the author of The Way Through the Woods on Mushrooms and Morning. Long Lit Woon has a very interesting story. She's a Malaysian woman uh, who wrote this book in Norwegian uh, because she moved there and married a Norwegian man who was, um, from what I can tell from the book, the love of her life. And then uh, he passed away. He died. And she had a full-on grief event that she writes very eloquently about, as well as how she found her way back to some peace and loving the world through a new passion, um, mushrooming in the woods around Norway and then the whole world. Um, so she's now a mycological expert. And um, if you're mushrooming in the forests of Norway, she might uh, look over your bag at these testing stations that they have and make sure you don't have any poisonous mushrooms. And I love this book. Um, so and the discussion is really, really good. Um, so I'm excited for you to hear it. And one more thing about this discussion is um, Long Lit Woon received an honorarium from the Norwegian government, uh, Norla, for doing a speaking engagement to talk about her book because uh, other countries, not the United States where I live, seem to support their authors and writers. And it was just a little, well, first of all, thank you, Norway. I think all of our guests should get uh, a little bit of money for appearing here. And two, um, why can't we have that here? It just seems so cool. But anyway, I just wanted to say thank you to Norla for uh, giving our guest um, some support. And uh, yeah, without anything further to say, here is Long Lit Woon. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Hansa. I'm really looking forward to this. So I absolutely loved your book, The Way Through the Woods on Mushrooms and Morning. Uh, it was an unexpected adventure almost a page turner in places as you know we followed in your footsteps through the forests of Norway looking for rare wild mushrooms but first a little bit about you how did a woman born in Malaysia come to write a book about mushrooming in the forests of Norway well first and foremost thank you very much for this page turn about mushrooms and morning. Um, that is, you know, always very nice to hear. But back to your question. Um, I was born in Malaysia. I uh, came to Norway and as, as an exchange student when I was 18, I met the guy who became my husband, you know, within a month and um, yeah, decided to stay. So um, unfortunately, after you know, 30 odd years together, he died very suddenly and that uh, did lead to mushrooming and that again led to this book that you're talking about. Okay, yeah. So it's framed by this grief event. And of course, everyone who knows about grief knows it's a very intense physiological process. It can be hard to get out of bed. You can lose your sense of taste. So many things can happen. Um can you talk a little bit about how grief was for you and how on earth um, your solution became mushrooming? Sure. Um, well, physiologically, you know, I think I went through everything that everyone else does. 
you know, I lost my sense of concentration, focus, you know, not couldn't pay attention to what people were saying. I do not know whether it was just a concentration problem or whether it was also all my senses were just like shut off, shut down. Um, you know, couldn't really hear what people were saying, couldn't really, and definitely couldn't taste uh, food, you know, and lost interest in, 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 in eating and in everything else, basically. Um, sense of time. Yeah, and then it felt at, at odds with the world, maybe that's how I would say that. Yeah, yeah, and that lasted for a while for you, I imagine. Quite a while. Um, it's always difficult to th- think of this actually as a linear process because it basically I felt like I was in a roundabout. You know, just go round and round, or sometimes it just feels that you're going back and then you're then you're going, you know fourth and then it's 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 a, it's a messy process so it's not as though you get clarity immediately after a while that while takes a long time yeah so while you're in the midst of this grieving process you show up to a mushroom class can you talk about those sort of first experiences in the woods and um how it sort of became this path to a new way forward. Mm. But before I showed up, you know, at this mushroom class, you know, I showed up at a lot of other classes, you know. So I was basically desperate, looking for some form of healing, looking for some some peace, looking for, you know, a, a, a way out of this grief. And, and uh, I basically, you know, was a good girl, uh, I did everything everybody suggested. They suggested going for yoga. They suggested going for meditation. You know, I did all this stuff. It didn't really work for me. And then somebody um, suggested, why don't you go for this, you know, sign up for this mushrooming course. And, you know, I mean, I'm just, I was just moderately interested in mushrooms and basically just eating mushrooms. Um, but it was something that Aof and I, my husband and I had talked about doing, never got around to doing it. So, um, I, uh, so I said, okay, why not? You know, and basically signed up and went there. It was also interesting because I went there on my own. I was supposed to go with a friend. The friend decided not to come in the end. Then I thought, okay. I will go on my own anyway. So it's just, so that too was a milestone, just going on my own and and getting in this class where, you know, there are lots of people and of course you don't know anyone, um, you know, feeling just very outside everything. But anyway, the class was, um, the first lesson was theory, you know, what is a mushroom? What is what are the different parts called, etc.? And then some mushrooms were shown to us, and you know we took them and smelled them and touched them and all this kind of thing. But the second class was out in the woods, so this was a very practical course, and it was there that I got hooked on mushrooms because basically what happened uh, when I was out in the woods was I recognized, identified a mushroom that I did not know about, you know, a week ago. And it was something I'd learned at the course. And that just um, gave me a huge sense of, you know, 
basically happiness. And, 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 and it happened so suddenly, it was completely unexpected. And then I thought, wow, this is what happiness feels like because I had thought that, you know, I would never be happy again. And even though, you know, life at that time was still a very dark place, the only thing <laughs> which sort of lit up uh, were mushrooms. So I thought, okay, I just have to follow this mushroom path, you know. Um, so that was what I did. Wow. And uh, one thing led to the other, yeah. Do you remember which mushroom it was? Yes, I, I do. It was. It's called the black trumpet. I don't know if you know your mushrooms, but the black trumpet is a is a delicacy. It's it's a chanterelle uh, type of mushroom, uh, and uh, it looks like a chanterelle. If you know what that looks like, it looks like a horn. You know, in fact, it's called a horn of plenty. Uh, sometimes it's got many names, um, and it's black. It's like you you would not see it if you didn't know what you were looking for or at, you know. It looks like some dead leaves, but it is an exquisite mushroom, yeah. Now, um, did you eat the black trumpets that you found? Sure. <laughs> and what was that like? Because I know, you know, grief, having trouble with taste, was, this, was your curiosity peaked? Did it stimulate your appetite? How did that <laughs> happen? Yeah, no, good. Because um, I don't really remember now how I how I prepared them. Probably just very simply, just sauteing with butter and salt and pepper. Um, but you know, I I I am very interested in food. So so that was also another way in which mushrooms was were, were good for me because they gave me a new ingredient. You know, and mushrooms do not just taste mushroomy. You know, mushrooms. Are different, you know, or different different species would smell differently. They will have different consistencies. They will look different when they're when they're fried up. You know, some would change color, some would not. I mean, there's a world out there. It's its own kingdom, the fungi kingdom. You know, so mushrooms are neither plants nor animals, and um, yeah, so there's a whole world out there. <laughs> Yeah. One of the things I absolutely love about the book is, you know, in, in grief, you know, one of the things that happens is the, the body really shuts down. You know, we lose the ability to focus, our tastes, our interests shut down, our curiosity. And when you're talking about walking through the woods and needing to, like, be in the moment, you know, be in your senses to find mushrooms, and then the taste aspect, it really felt like a way of, like, turning your being in your body back back on again um after a time of grief as 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 you know this book has two journeys you know this outer journey where i discover this kingdom of fungi and also the mushroom people because i'm an anthropologist and and the inner journey is in this landscape of grief and so basically the book is about how these two journeys are intertwined and interconnected and how they 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 nourish each other and 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 lead me out of the woods and how mushrooms yeah led me out of the out of my acute grief basically there's there's three points to be made one was you know it turned out to be mushrooms which you know, saved me. It could have been something else, but for me, it was mushrooms. And the reason was mushrooms was that mushrooms 
gave me joy. You know, what I just described, you know, finding my first mushroom, uh, just that feeling of joy, which was, I guess, maybe an antidote to all this terrible stuff I was feeling. Uh, so one is pleasure. And two is purpose. Mushrooms gave me purpose because here in Norway, there was, uh, there is this, um, there's actually an exam you can take, you know, if you know your 150 mushrooms and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I decided to take this exam, even though it was like, uh, you know, seemed impossible at that first, uh, class. And, uh, at, so at some point in the, on this mushroom journey, I decided that, okay, I want to be one of them. I want to be one of these mushroom people, you know, who know their mushrooms. And, and since there was exam and I, you know, I, and used to taking steps, so I'll do it. So it gave me a sense of purpose, a direction. And um, lastly, it uh, it woke me up because uh, you know we are talking about the senses and how our senses all shut down when we are grieving. You know, when you want to identify a mushroom, you need to use all your senses. You need to be sharp. You know, you need to look at the forest floor and see if you maybe might see a little mushroom somewhere, you know, a, a speck of color, uh, something that looks unusual that you need to check out. You need to, but basically the, the most important sense you use when you, when you are out mushrooming is for me anyway, the sense of smell, which I thought was extremely difficult um, to identify a mushroom, you know, via the way it smells. And that is, you know, very important. So three things, you know, um, joy, uh, purpose, and um, just this general awakening. Yeah, and it occurred to me reading your book that it's it's a life or death thing to turn on your sense your senses when you're mushrooming because if you misidentify the wrong mushroom, you can hurt yourself or even die. Do you think that was part of it? I I I don't know if I was there. Um, but but definitely, you know, okay, the book is about mushrooms and mushrooms, you know, are about life and death. You know, it's a it's a fine, you know, it was mushrooms concretely, literally, which took me out of the woods. But mushroom, the whole mushroom cycle, you know, that's also a very nice metaphor for this whole business about life and death and how everything is interconnected and how. Uh, and there's a cycle, and and and, uh, and and you know mushrooms are very important for for life on Earth. You know, for for life as we know on Earth as we know it, because otherwise nothing would decompose, and and um, you know we'll just you won't be able to walk around for all the uncomposed, undecomposed the trees and and organic material around. You know. Yeah. So yeah. So. One thing I, I absolutely did love about the book was discovering, as you just called them, the mushroom people, which yeah. um, you write about, I guess, as an anthropologist, this, the cultural of mushroom people came alive. Can you, can you talk a little bit about mushroom people and what makes them different? Well, yeah, I'm an anthropologist, so suddenly I meet this strange tribe, you know, in the woods. They, 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 you know, have a uniform. They, they have their own, you know, style of clothing. They speak in tongues, you know. They have their own jargon. They have their own hierarchy, you know. So, so and so for me, as a as a as a new widow, it was nice to 
also try on a new identity in the sense that nobody knew that I was a widow. You know, I was just this novice who wanted to learn about mushrooming. And people there don't have time to talk about what you do when you're not mushrooming. So we are only talking about mushrooms. So there was there was a nice sort of little space for me to try out another hat, you know, just put on a mushroom hat, you know. Um, but, but so that was how it worked for me. But also, you know, the mushroom people, yeah, they took me, I made new friends. They took me to new places. I ended up also traveling abroad, you know, with this, my new mushroom friends. Uh, including, uh, uh, you know, mushroom, I mushroomed in Central Park, New York, you know, which I write about. Um, so it got me out of the house. Yeah, yeah. And they were yeah. fascinating, of course, yeah. Mm. One thing that's, I think, really difficult for a lot of people in grief and that you write about in this book is that some of the people, you know, um, you really expected to be there at a hard moment like this uh, become scarce. Um, and that's actually a common thing. You know, people uh, you know, don't know how to deal with the grieving and, you know, can run away from it. Um, but in this new social world where no one knew um, your former life with your husband, people just accepted you, it sounds like. Mm, so, and and basically... I write, you know, about a moment in the book, you know, when I had these new friends over for dinner and suddenly there were 10 of us and I looked at the group and I suddenly, the thought suddenly struck me that none of them knew Ayos, none of them knew my husband. And it was like a really strange and new situation to be in. And I, I knew then that, you know, I was on my way, you know, to a new life. Right. You're, you're talking about mushrooms. You're enjoying each other. No one's sitting across the table feeling sorry for you. <laughs> that sort of feeling, right? But of course, yeah. Um, no, I was just going to respond to what you said earlier about how, you know, friends whom you thought were going to be there in your hour of need suddenly are unable to be there for you. And, 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 uh, and some people whom you, you know, hardly know suddenly become you know, really pillars of strength, you know, and, and, and inspiration. So, so yeah, so that list of friends that you have that normally for most people and definitely for me, you know, changes and people change seats. It's a bit like musical chairs. Some people lose their seats and some people get new seats. And yeah, and new people get on that list. Yeah. What is your favorite mushroom? Well, my favorite mushroom is the morel, the true morel. Unfortunately, it's not very easy to find. And uh, and um, so I always have to settle for my second favorite mushroom, which is, um, it's called the prince. But uh, in, uh, and in Latin, it's Agaricus uh, Augustus, you know, uh, the prince. And it's, um, yeah, it, it, it is a wild mushroom. It's a, it's a um, uh, what do you call it in the States? You know the normal mushroom that you buy in the in the supermarket. Those you you know I never I never I never buy mushrooms in the in the supermarket anymore because the wild the wild species you know they are just so much better. So when these mushrooms that you buy in the supermarket are in their wild state, it's just so much better because once you buy in the supermarket, they're all cultivated. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so where do you go to find Prince mushrooms? Well, actually, you go. You can go anywhere. You, 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 but you know, you can. You don't need to go into the forest. You, you can actually find that in parks and you know, just green spaces. But you can also find that in the forest, of course. Um, so it's a, it's, it's not that easy to find you. So you need your special spots. You need your secret spots. Yeah, I love that section about how protective people are of their secret <laughs> spots. Can you just explain? to um, our listeners that aspect of mushroom people culture and their secrets? Yeah. So the whole thing that makes mushrooming exciting is, of course, the hunt. And, and, and it is a hunt because you never know if the mushroom is there when you are out there. But you can increase your chances of getting the mushroom if you have some secret spots. And if you're new, you know, where do you get your secret spots then? You don't even know <laughs> where they could be. So the way to do it, two things. The, the, the way to do it is to, you know, join a foray, join a walk, where, of course, these secret, so-called secret spots will be shared with everyone on that walk. But the other thing you could do is to get yourself some new friends, some new mushroom friends, and... So showing somebody your secret spot is a sign of friendship, like the highest, the highest level of friendship, you know. So, um, so if you have some nice friends, they might show you their secret spots, and that's the only way you can sort of increase your chances in the hunt for mushrooms. Yeah, and you were saying people actually have like. Um geotags that they're going to pass on to their children and like save them really carefully. Yeah. Yeah. So the serious people, they walk around with this GPS, you know, uh, sort of like the coordinates, you know, which they record where they found their mushroom and uh, when and that kind of thing. And um, yeah, this is top secret. And it tends to, they tend to the mushrooms tend to grow in the same spots year after year. Exactly, exactly. That's why you go back. That's why it's good to have a secret spot. So you you know because you know mushroom. There's a tree that the mushroom likes that is that is growing right there. That has the mycelium. You know the stuff underground which the mushroom is the fruit of, and and so it's good to know where those spots are. Yeah. Yeah, there was a really fun aspect almost of. Um, if you were in like, if like leveling up, you were playing a video game in mushroom hunting, where at first level, it's like you can identify a few mushrooms in the woods. And then later on, you can identify more. And later on, you have your secret spots that you can go back to year after year. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you grow as a mushroom hunter? Well, let's just start with the first class, because that, you know, when you start with something like mushrooming, everything is just overwhelming you know it's sort of like too much information out there too much stuff you need to learn new words and of course there's this the the, the scientific names are all in latin uh, a lot of them anyway some in greek um and um yeah you, you know you, there's so many things you need to look to to learn so many dimensions and and i suppose you know comparing it with grief you're also sort of at a loss there's so much going on that you've never been. You are in a space you've never been before, at least for me. 
But as time went by, and as I learned more and more mushrooms, you know, to identify them, got new places, got new friends, uh, got new ways of cooking them. You know, as 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 I began to get a type of order in this world, this huge kingdom, this of mushrooms, you know, and mushrooming. I sort of um. Also, in my grief, you know, in this parallel journey that I was doing, it sort of things, things fell a bit more into place, right? So that's why, you know, these two journeys are intertwined. Ooh, what a conversation. Let's take a break for a minute, Ian. Uh, do you have a quote for us? Always. Here's one from Helen Keller. Life is short and unpredictable. Eat the dessert first so so perfect <laughs> life life is too short not to uh, eat the dessert first what was the last dessert you had ian oh i had a, a milkshake last night oh it's delish how about um, you fr- friday night i uh, went out to dinner with my husband uh trace leches cake it was pretty good Incredible. didn't have it first though it came last but <laughs> still good still good and luckily i made it through my meal didn't choke and die and so i still got to enjoy it I wonder if um, one of our users would be interesting in um, asking Death about whether they they should eat dessert first. You know, what do you what do you think about that? Well, if they want to, they can head over to our website www.wecroak.com and hit the link to our new uh, advice column, where the voice of Death answers whatever questions you might have about dessert, um, how many calories you should eat, nutrition. Uh, really ask anything at all, and uh, the voice of death will, will answer. We're having a lot of fun with it, and uh, it's another great way to support what we're doing with uh, We Croak. Uh, other ways, of course, are you can go to our Patreon. You can subscribe through the app to Leap and get extra sort of um, mindfulness tools embedded in the app, including a new one where you can add your memories and make them into reminders by um, turning your pictures into uh, things that remind you of... Uh, the inevitability of death. Uh, And of course, it's always helpful if you uh, rate or share our podcast because that's how a lot of people find us. Awesome. And with that, let's hop back into the conversation at hand. As you grow what what are some of the big milestones of uh, of mushrooming for you as you as you went along mm. well definitely the one big big milestone was this 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 exam you know and taking the exam because in norway when you when you, when you pass that exam and very many people fail when you pass that exam then you can uh, participate in what the this the mushroom society the amateur mushroom society does every mushrooming season which is to uh, uh, place themselves at the edge of the forest, you know, uh, five different spots out in, in the forests of Oslo. Everybody knows where they are, uh, the general public, I mean. And you are there, you know, from two to four, and you are there to check people's mushrooms. So people can go, you know, complete amateurs can go into the forest, pick them on whatever mushrooms they find, come out of the forest, find this little station that is manned by, you know, People who have taken this exam from the Mushroom Society and you can get your mushrooms checked free of charge, you know, so you can go home with your haul that you know is edible. Cool. 
So that was definitely a huge milestone for me. Another big milestone was traveling because my husband and I, we used to travel a lot. And after he died, of course, I didn't want to go anywhere first. And then the other thing was when I was ready to go somewhere, I didn't, you know, I didn't have anybody to travel with. Uh, you know, where, where am I going to go and whom I'm going to go with? But then I joined some of the trips that the, 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 the society organized. And, and I thought, wow, yeah, this is one new way of traveling for me, you know. Um, so that was definitely another milestone. What were your favorite mushrooming uh, destinations around the world? Oh, I've been to many. But the, maybe the most spectacular one was in Chile. Um, there's this uh, American mycologist called Gary Linkoff who passed away a few years ago. And he was, well, he was the one who took me mushrooming in, in, in New York City, Central Park, and, and, you know, something called the Telluride Mushroom Festival. And, and, and he wanted very much to go to, to Chile and organized this huge trip, you know. And um, unfortunately, just before the trip happened, he passed away. And... Um, so there we were, about 20 of us, you know, 15 of us from all over the world, ready to go on this huge mushroom expedition in Chile, two weeks, you know. Um, in the end, we, we, we went ahead and it was renamed the Gary Linkoff Memorial Foray in Chile. And it was just amazing. And speaking about grieving, I mean, it was amazing because here was a group of people who did not know each other but who were all connected to Gary Linkoff, who had just passed away. And basically what happened every night, and his widow came on that trip, and basically every night at dinner, somebody would have some crazy story to tell about Gary. And, you know, people would laugh, people would cry. You know, it was, it was, it was quite special in that sense too, not just because of the mushrooms we saw on the new continent and, and you know, which you can only see in Chile. So that was that was a very very special trip. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, the sense of adventure just really comes through your book. Um and that's just another story um of like when we're in grief, you know, our world tends to feel so small, you know, that mm. um mm. at least that was my experience when I had my grief uh, moments. And you know, to hear of you gallivanting off with international <laughs> people to Chile to look at mushrooms. It's just, it's the very opposite of what what grief looks like and feels like to me. Yeah, but it takes time. It takes time. Of course. It takes a long time, much longer than, than you think, much longer than the world around you thinks or wants to think, you know, so... Yeah, it takes time. And I, I, I very, uh, you know, in the book, I do not say when my husband dies. Um, and that was very conscious on my part because I, I think that, you know, people's grieving process, you know, very different and takes different amounts of time. So I'm not going to give you a, 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 you know, a prescription here, you know, a recipe, you know, it's just, it takes time. It's, not, it's, it's, it's its own time, you know, it's grieving time. So, and in fact, it's, you know, to tell you when he died or what he died of, these are just details, you know, uninteresting. The main thing is you are grieving and how, how 
how do you deal with that you know how does it deal with you you know yeah um and you know i didn't mind it like it's not a prescription it's an adventure and the point isn't that on day one you're gallivanting off to chile it's that you got there you know yeah 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 have you found uh very poisonous mushrooms in uh people's halls when you helped identify them uh in oslo Yes, I have. And actually, we as a society, we have statistics of this. And every year, the statistics are, are, are published, you know. Uh, so just in a, from a public health uh, point of view, I mean, it's very interesting to, to see how many like, deadly mushrooms have been removed from these uh, baskets, you know, before people go home. So, yeah, you know, you can have a deadly mushroom you know, which is so poisonous, you only need to consume like a, a, a sugar, a, 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 a bite, you know, the size of a sugar cube, you know, and it will kill you if you do not get help in time. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the danger of this pastime? Like if someone's interested in getting into it, like how dangerous is it? How do you protect yourself? You protect yourself with knowledge. So the reason why when people say they are afraid of mushrooms, I say good, because that is what, you know, that protects you. But if you want to go out and to, 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 to start mushrooming, you need to arm yourself with knowledge. Uh, and the more you learn, you know, so you need to learn to identify your mushrooms. You know, this is an edible mushroom. This is not an edible mushroom. And there are no quick fixes. You have to learn your mushrooms. So you, the ones that you do not know, you just leave them there. Or if you are lucky enough to live in Norway and get your, you know, somebody's waiting to check your mushrooms, you can pick them. But um, if you're not, then please don't pick them and only pick the ones you know are edible. So in Norway, we have this concept of, you know, five safe mushrooms. So there are five mushrooms in the forest, which does, which do not have uh, poisonous look-alike because there are a lot of mushrooms which look alike but there are five of them which do not have a poisonous look-alike so you just learn your five and then on the you know next year you can add a six you know seventh you know eight so if you just learn one mushroom every year you know you would have a lot to pick from a lot of people who are sort of into mushrooming they're just in into chanterelles which are great but there are tons of other mushrooms besides chanterelles so if you just learn a couple of other mushrooms, you know, to identify them, there'll be tons for you to pick. Wow, wow. What, uh, what's your favorite mushroom, wild mushroom recipe? Oh, I don't know if I have a favorite wild mushroom recipe. It all depends on, 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 on what I pick, you know, uh, how much time I have, whom I'm serving it to, all this kind of thing. Um... And but one thing I, I and there's a whole section there with recipe ideas in my book and and one of the things which fascinated me was this um, you know mushroom desserts because normally you think that mushrooms you know are per se savory just meant to be eaten with salt and pepper but uh, actually it's just a, a taste you know mushroom taste you can you can drag it any direction you want you can make it salty and savory you can make it you know sweet and into a dessert so that's why I, so i started looking into that and that's why i sort of uh, included you know chanterelle ice cream with crystallized chanterelle bits and 
and things like that in, in, in the book. I don't have a, a favorite recipe. It depends very much on what I managed to pick, in a way. For our listeners, I've got two questions, really. Um, one is if someone's looking to get into mushrooming as a complete novice, what, uh, how would they do that? Well, I think you just need to find like uh, your local um, mushroom chapter, your local mushroom um, uh, organization, and they would always have, uh, you know, trips in the autumn. And that's the best way to to start to to um, to to join a group and learn some basics and get to know some people and get to know some secret places. Um, yeah, that was what I would recommend. And uh, for people who are grieving out there and looking for their way through the woods, which maybe they they don't. Um, have an interest in mushrooms, but how, how do you recommend they find their own way through the woods? What, what were the signposts that said, oh, something is going well here? Yeah, I think for everyone who is grieving, you just need to find your mushroom and what that mushroom would be. I think you know it when you find it because it's the way it makes you feel. And for me, you know, when I felt this happiness for the first time, this, you know, this beam of light, you know, of joy that just struck me, you know, when I was out in the woods, I knew that this was something special here. And even though at that time I was just my second class in mushrooming, I knew that this, this is what I need to follow, even though I didn't know where it would lead to. Basically, because I, for lack of another alternative, because everything else was boring, terrible, dark, black, you know, so it's just, this was the only light in my life. So, so I suppose if something sparks your interest, sparks joy in you, you know, follow it. And it sounds like you do recommend to explore, though, to after losing somebody to try new things and new adventures. Well, that worked for me. I think you need to sort of find what works for you. But I think you need to, you would need to go out of your comfort zone. And, and what have you got to lose? other than your grief. So I would I would recommend, you know, highly the people if you just have enough energy to to do it, um, to be open to new experiences and new people. In 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 in, in small portions in whatever you you know, don't push yourself and, and feel bad that you cannot do this or do that or you know, write a book about your grief or, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, everybody needs to do it at their own pace, in their own way. Yeah. Um, Obviously, mushrooming woke up your senses, helped you regain an interest in life. Uh, Have you found that that's carried over into other topics and other things? Well, yes. Uh, I'm not that crazy about mushrooms anymore to tell you the truth i mean i did go mushrooming today before our podcast <laughs> did you find anything yes 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 but you know not 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 like a lot but enough for tonight's dinner you know so but definitely it, it, it i think there are many stages of grief even though I, I do not subscribe to a lineal sort of phase one phase two phase three kind of thing but definitely that book was was about acute grief you know, dealing with acute grief. Uh, and that can take a long time. <laughs> it took me a long time. 
But I mean, once you get out of the woods, you know, you still you you you're not you're not hundred percent where you you know yourself yet. You still need to ask the question, what now? You know. <laughs> so this is like yeah, a long a long journey. Uh, an apt metaphor for life, a long journey. So, what new adventures have you moved on to uh, that mushrooming helped you get to? Well, number one, I am a writer now, a full-time writer. So I've got a completely different new life, you know. I travel with my book. Not now, of course, but I travel with my book. And when I'm not traveling, I'm sitting and writing. So um, it's given me new friends, you know. Suddenly this whole world of literature, you know, writers, publishers, uh, illustrators, people who are connected to the to the to the publishing industry so it's a whole new world for me so yeah i'm very lucky i'm very privileged and i'm so thankful for this i mean i really am because i was ready to do something new i didn't know what it was beautiful and you are uh an excellent writer this was uh, such an unexpected romp usually usually grief can be a heavy topic to read about it really can uh, and even if someone has an important message uh, it can be hard to get through just because the topic is so heavy. And um, just the sort of back and forth between sort of the adventure of walking through the woods, poisonous mushrooms, edible mushrooms, really changed that for me um, in encountering the book. So that was an unexpected and fun. And uh, so your book, The Way Through the Woods on Mushrooms in Morning, by Long Lit Woon. I highly recommend it. And uh, is there anywhere uh, listeners can go if they're interested in your other writing or um, other things that you're doing? Well, basically, I'm still writing my, you know, the difficult second book. But if they want to follow whatever is happening with this book, I mean, I, I'm on all social media. You just type in my name, you know, you, you, you'll find me. Okay, wonderful. Uh, well, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you so much for having me and you. This is a very important, you know, website that you have. And I really, you know, support the work that you're doing. Thank you very much. Uh, death is an important topic, as uh, we both know. And I really appreciate this book as a contribution to thinking about these ideas. Thank you so much. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you again, Long Lit Woon, for joining us for this episode and sharing your awesome book, The Way Through the Woods, on Mushrooms in Morning. We also hope that you all enjoyed Stoicon 2020 last weekend, and Hansa and I are so excited for this current season of the We Croak podcast. We'll be having new episodes every two weeks, and so until uh, the next one, we'll see you next time.